a Pulp MX Network production. This is the Rocky Mountain ATV MC Kiefer Tested Podcast. The podcast you come to for the straight insight on all things moto-centric. Hard parts, bikes, gear, suspension, motor mods, and more. It's Kiefer Tested. Here he is, Chris Kiefer. Hey everybody, welcome in. This is the Rocky Mountain ATV MC.com Kiefer Tested Podcast. I am your host, Chris Kiefer. This is kind of a special podcast, I guess, before I do the intro here, just because we're doing some off-road bikes, and it's not every day that I have Michael Allen, which is my test guy over here at Kiefer Tested, is here. We're on remote location. We're not going to really specifically tell you where we're at. It's confidential. It's hidden. We would have to actually have you sign an NDA to let you know where we're at. But he's here. It's off-road. Rejoice. You handguard lovers, rejoice, because we're here to talk about the 2019 CRF 450X. That is a Honda, in case you guys don't know. And this is the Rocky Mountain ATV MC.com Kiefer Tested Podcast, presented by Fly Racing and Racetech. Rocky Mountain ATV MC.com is the trusted online source for parts, accessories, gear for dirt bikes, side-by-sides, ATVs, and... Street bikes. There it is. Low prices, unparalleled customer service free shipping three-day shipping over what mike a hundred dollars seventy five dollars it's so easy to see why rocky mountain atv mc.com is the trusted and it is trusted okay don't listen to mathis rocky mountain is the trusted online source for all of you guys out there thank you rocky mountain of course thank you the guys at fly racing and flyracing.com i just got a shit ton of new gear Vet Nationals are coming up. I'm stoked. I'm going to be looking good. I wasn't looking too good today. We're not going to discuss what I was wearing today. But I love fly racing. I love light hydrogen gear. Michael, you're getting some? I'm going to have my name for oh, my first that's time. Right. First time ever. My so name. Fly racing is popping Michael Allen's cherry because he now has his last name and racing number on his jersey. He's never had that. So. I know some of you guys don't really give a shit about that kind of stuff, but Mike, he loves that, right? I mean, I've been riding with you. You always have it, and I've never been that guy, and now I guess I'm that guy. you think you're going to be faster? No, absolutely not. You're going to look faster. People may think I'm faster right? in the pits. Anyway, have you worn fly gear? A little bit. A little bit. So you're going to be on light hydrogen and kinetic Kinetic mesh. mesh. So your mind is going to be blown. So for those of you guys who do not have that kind of gear... Do yourself a favor, go to flyracing.com, check it out, maybe go purchase it over at RockyMountainATVMC.com, tell them Kiefer sent you, hopefully it gets you a deal. I'm working on Rocky Mountain to try to get a product code to give you guys a discount, but I'm not quite there yet, so soon. Either way, you get the shipping. Free. Free. Right. And I just bought some Dunlop MX3S tires from Rocky Mountain, because you can't get them anymore, which pisses me off. You gotta buy old stock. Right. So, also, don't forget about Racetech, Racetech.com. Chris Riesenberg, he's back riding. He's one of our big boys in our 450 shootout. This is what I do here, people. I get guys reacquainted with motorcycles. Steve Mathis, Chris Riesenberg, I pressure them enough. I'm up their ass enough that they finally say, F it. 
I'm going to go riding. And then they get bit by that riding bug again, and now they're riding. So go to Racetech.com. Get your oil change. Get your bushing, seals. Get a revalve. Or hell, if you don't want to do that, engine work. They do that too. Did you know that, Mike? I do. I, I listen to Pulp, so that's how I know. You're a desert guy. Did you ever run Racetech out in the desert? I did for a little bit on my Honda. How's that compared to TBT? It was good stuff. Racetech always has good stuff. Are we, this is an honest podcast, so you can tell us honest stuff here. You know, this is no bullshit. Yeah, TBT stuff was good. Okay. Racetech stuff was really good. All right. And if you're a WP guy, I've been getting some emails about WP stuff, where to send it. There is a guy at WP that was the Troy Lee Designs team suspension guy. He is at Racetech now. He is a good person to know. He does good work. So for those of you guys wondering who does good WP stuff, Racetech, Racetech.com. All right. Enough with the commercials. Enough bullshit and banter. It's I, time. Like Off-road. I said, Michael Allen. So backstory on Michael here real quick before we get into the, the Honda thing. Uh, I met Michael at Dirt Rider. I'm sure you guys know. I've, I've talked about this in my, my articles um, on keyforinktesting.com. Uh, Mike's a good person. That's first and foremost. That is what I need for anyone to be a part of what I'm doing over here. Two, he's straight up. Three, he loves to ride dirt bikes. All of those combined is kind of like the Quan. Do you know what the Quan is? I know what a Swan is, but I don't know what a Quan so is. So that's a Jerry Maguire term. Never seen it. Oh, my God. Maybe you should get kicked out of here. Maybe then. I should. I'm out. So, the Quan is everything. Like, you have a lot of good attributes. I'll take that. That's needed. Thank you. To be a test rider. So, his testing skills weren't that great at Dirt Rider. So writing skills weren't that great. His writing skills weren't that great. Riding. No, your writing is good. You're a pretty good rider. But we brought him along. He's learned a lot. He's improved a ton. Um, He's one of the few guys that I can trust to get shit done. I don't have to worry about it because I'm spread thin over here. So, he comes from an off-road background. You were riding off-road since what? What age? Four. I started riding. I didn't race until I was 21, then raced a lot of Heron Hounds for a long time. Yep. Kind of got burnt out on it. Okay. Wadded myself. But you're, you like, off-road. You're, moto, you're, you're riding moto with me a lot I now. do enjoy riding moto. It's made me a better off-road rider, but. What would my, you rather go do? It rained. Okay. Let's say it rained outside. Perfectly mother nature prepped desert. I'm okay. riding trails Hold on. to a turn track. Nope. Oh boy. Hold on. It's rained. It's three inches of rain. It's bitching up in the high des. You can go ride trails all day or you can go to a bitching motocross prepped track with you and only a few buddies. Trails all day. There you go. So this is why Michael is testing the 2019 <laughs> Honda CRF450X. It's no secret. Chris likes off-road, but I love off-road. So I, I guess- come from an off-road background. Okay. I started out when I was nine years old racing for those of you guys on the West Coast that know this, ARA, which was a desert racing sanction. That's how I started. Nine years old, racing Heron Hound, 40 miles away from the pit. I was scared shitless. I threw up the night before. I didn't even want to race. I cried. My dad put me out there in a bomb run. Dusty. I can't see shit. That was my life when I was nine years old. And I did that till I was about 16, 15, racing Heron Hounds, and decided this is uh, too hard on my bike. I'm going to go race moto. So... Now I'm here at Motocross Land. That's when you became soft. Some people say that, Mike. Okay. but I, I like do. rocks. I, I'll go ride, and you're like, where are you going? I'm going to go ride the rocks. Yeah, I'm out. Oh, yeah, you're out on rocks. I know. Gary would hate. Gary thinks I'm a pussy. So Gary Sutherland doesn't always talk shit on me because I don't ride enough trails now. I'm only, well, you're one-dimensional, Kiefer. You're one-dimensional. All right. So anyway. All right. We're rambling on here. 
So 2019 450X, okay? It's been a while, right? Yeah, the X started in 06 was when it was released. Mm -hmm. And really not very many changes to that bike from 06 to now. Been the same bike. Been the same bike, carbureted, reliable. Like, I, I call this bike vanilla. Okay. It It's very plain. But We're calling it, the old bike vanilla? Both the new and old bike are still a bit vanilla, but vanilla is a good base for a lot of things. Like Magic Shell? Yeah, Magic Shell. You can put Magic Shell on top of it. Yep. You can make this bike into a lot of things. This bike's history is Ricky Brabeck, one hair and hounds on it. Kendall Norman. Johnny one, Campbell. Johnny Campbell with Baja. I can't believe you can say Johnny No, first. I started with hair and hounds, all right? Okay. Yeah, Johnny yeah. Campbell, many Baja championships, races. What about right now, Mike? Right now? Kendall Norman. Kendall Norman coming back. Racing an X. Racing an X. I think he's racing the X at six days as well. Old X. The old X. Carburation. Right. It's a good base of a bike for a lot of different things. Right. I've ridden Ricky Brabeck's race bike. You've ridden Ricky Brabeck's race bike. Right. Very comfortable machine. It's it's very e I can see why. I don't want to go fast in the desert, guys, but I can see how they do go so fast because it's very easy to twist the throttle. You're, connect you're connected to the ground. It doesn't do anything crazy. No, it's not super fast, right. but it pulls hard all the way through the power. Okay. So let's discuss first things first here. What is different on this new bike since you were at the presentation? What did they tell you? Like From the ground up, it's a, it's a reworked bike. The chassis is new. The engine's new. The suspension's new. Everything is different except the headlight is exactly the same as the old bike. That, same mold, same headlight, same everything. Just red. Does that bum you out? A little bit. The L came with the LED light, which I did the L intro last month. Okay. And this bike is very, very closely related to the L. Um, it's really only a few differences. Right. Um, but both of those bikes are also based on the R and the RX. So it's all in the same family. Um, so let's just cut to the chase. Let's talk about California emissions and all this stuff. You know, people get up in arms about... You know, we get these we get these comments on our Instagram page here. Is it street legal? Can we can we do all this stuff? So, tell us about the box. It's a closed off box, right? You right. can't mess with it. ECU. From, when I say box, people, I mean ECU. We're not keeper after dark. No, That's no, the yeah, box we're talking yeah, yeah. about. We're not going that yet. So the L and the X both have closed off uh, ignition systems mapping. You cannot modify the mapping because California, especially, but the United States, period. If it's going to be either a green sticker bike, which is California, or a license plate bike, it needs to go by the restrictions of emissions. Right. And California and the government will not let these bikes be changed because that will change the emissions. So they are stuck where they're at. That doesn't mean aftermarket will not right. fuck with these bikes. Right. Aftermarket can do what they want, but everything that Honda told us at the intro, these bikes are what they are and cannot be modified. So... By the time you guys listen to this, maybe a couple months down the road, some of you guys are late to the game on this podcast, chances are there might be mufflers and a different um, ECU. Um, I know Vortex, from what I understand, already has or is working on an ignition for the L. I've seen it firsthand. Okay. And I know Rocket was the first one I know of that made a slip-on for the L. Def Leppard. Bro, what's that? Rocket. That was a good song. I've never heard it. So Rocket Exhaust, that's Michael Lieb's dad, Don Lieb. Um... He makes his own stuff, and he. So you're telling me he has one available for the L. I don't know if it's for sale, but the owner of IMS, I do believe his name is Scott. Scott, right? Uh, he bought one of the first L's and was having a shop do a lot of work to it. Okay. 
So there you go. So chances are aftermarket's going to do a lot of stuff to this bike and even make it better than what it is. I do not know what it is because I haven't ridden it. That's why Mike's here. We're going to discuss this. But so when you send me emails or Mike emails about what you can do, legally Honda cannot do anything to emissions, to this ECU, to the muffler. It is what it is, guys. They cannot even tell you to do anything. They will not hint at right. it. Long story short, I think at one time there was, we talked about this, was a, a wire you could cut. Yeah, there was a wire that you could cut in the loom of a 450X that, from what I understand, raised the rev limiter 500 RPM, and there was a bit of a legal issue with, uh, with Honda, and it ended up in a fine. So they are very tight-lipped now. And if, if anybody knows Honda, I know Honda. That was a bad decision on whosoever part that was because uh, I can guarantee you that guy's not around anymore because that's a big fine and uh, that says something about the brand, which I know the brand is not about that life. So uh, that's a big boo-boo. So I'm sure they did more than enough for this bike to not be screwed with. Right. I mean, we can, we can start with this bike. Everybody knows Honda is synonymous with durability, reliability, and quality. Right. Every Honda I've ever owned or ridden Everyone says it's a Honda. It just works. So on the bike, no hand guards right away. You're bummed. I, I'm bummed. I'm a diehard hand guard guy. And I feel like a bike that is off-road needs hand guards. It has a skid plate. It has a disc guard front and rear, but no hand guards. The other orange bikes that come, they have hand guards, no skid plates or disc guards. So I feel like... They both need to get together and just get but the... But why is you get so bummed out when you can just go buy some handguards and pick which one you want on there? You know, maybe they put those moto flag guards on and it's not big enough, you know? So... I'm just a stickler. If it's off-road, you need handguards. Right. Stock. And did Honda have an explanation as why? I was told by the people at the intro that they were told by engineers in Japan that XRs have handguards and CRFs do not. That is why the CRFs have never had handguards. So the CRF line is still no handguards. Still no handguards. X's, RX's, any of them. Uh, Honda, we haven't made an XR in a long time. Just want to let everybody know that. I don't know when the last year was, 05? I don't know when the 650 God, was. I don't know. Is there a 650L still available? 650L is still. Actually, I think the 650L does come with handguards right. still. So there you go. They're Someone... pretty cheesy, but it's better than nothing. Right. So you'd rather have cheesy. I would much rather have cheesy than nothing because the first intro was in the Pacific Northwest for the L in the trees. Yeah. And you needed them. I needed them. I had my front brake lever grabbed many times by trees. And this last one was in the desert. A little more wide open, but higher speeds and bushes. Right. Didn't get my brake lever grabbed, but... But for guys back east with thicker shrubs yeah. and actual trees... Right. Because we don't have actual trees no, out here. No, we just have bushes. You might need that. Right. Um, does the X come with Dunlop AT81s? Is that what... No, it had MX-32s on it. 32s? 32s. Not... Not 3S. So old school. Old school. So this is before they changed the 3S. I do believe so, yes. So basically, guys out there, it's still the same tire. They just changed the name because Pirelli had the name 32, so Dunlop changed that. So do you like that kind of a tire for the desert riding that you you did for the test? Uh, the rear tire was pretty good. The front end in the sand, to me, didn't have very much bite. I don't know if it was the sand, the, the suspension. You and I had talked in the past. We'll get to it in this podcast. Uh... In the sand, it, it had a push, and it knifed. It was unpredictable for me. Sure didn't have 52s on there? Oh, Hold, please. Uh, Hold, please. I think it might have 52s on there. So, 
from what I've gathered, I think that's why I, I could it, I could be wrong. You're yeah, right. I think it's right. So for those of you listening out there, I think it does come with fifty twos because I discussed this with Honda when when I was testing uh, last week, and uh, that was the debate. Of you why, are right. You're right. Okay. Why the debate was. Why does one bike have 52s and another bike has an AT81 on them? Right. Like the the RX, I think, comes with 81. Correct. That's right. what was the debate. So 52s. So you don't mind a 52 tire? The rear. Right. The front, front tire, I don't know that I was a fan of. Okay. so But it was really, really dry. Right. And dusty. It was desert. Right. So 52 tires, Dunlop's, you know, intermediate tire to hard terrain tire. I think obviously a 3S or a 32, whatever we we're talking about before, it would be okay, but they would not last people. Um, they would chunk. Yeah, like the AT81, same thing, real soft knobs, they chunk. So you're going to probably have a little less traction with 52, but you're going to get, you know, some more durability out of that tire. So first things first, you gear up. Let's hold on. Let's before we get the performance side, let's let's give a whole thing here for the for the listener. So what did Honda do for the intro? Because it's kind of cool for, for these guys out here to listen to what, what they did for us. What they did is, uh, you know, these bikes are trail bikes. They're family-oriented trail bikes. Honda wanted to make it kind of like you would have it in the desert. You're going to go camping with your buddies. So Honda had two waves of, of uh, publications out. We came out with, I think, four or five other publications to the desert. They got us motorhomes. I, I may or may not have bunked up with Vital. Oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, Sean and I... Uh, but it's okay. Sean Klinger is with Vital. He was with Dustin Dirt Rider. He's one of the good guys. So um, there is a couple good guys at, at Vital. Michael's a good dude. So we, we like Michael. Right. Um, so Klinger was there. That's Klinger good. Was he there. bunked up with Klinger. Bunked up with Klinger in the motorhome. So it was a very camp camp feeling. They had a campfire. We, we hung out. We got the intro the night before about the bikes. Talked to Johnny Campbell. He was there. Mark Samuels was there. Uh, it, was, it was a really cool environment. So the next morning, we got up at about 6.30, 7, ate some breakfast. Mandy from Honda was nice enough to make us breakfast. All right, Mandy. And uh, got our stuff together, and by roughly 8 o'clock, we were, we were off. And we split up, split up into, I think, three separate groups. Uh, I was with the group with Johnny Campbell, so he was leading our ride. And uh, our first section of the ride was basically fifth gear. Mm, two, two and a half foot deep sand whoops for three or four miles. So okay. it, was, it was a nice warm up. Right, yeah, that's good. That'll get you warmed up real get quick. Get you warmed up real quick. And Im- immediately... So yeah, what did you notice right away off the for the engine? Let's start with the engine part. What did you notice with this? It's quiet. Okay. God, it's quiet. Like, I like quiet bikes because right. I'm not a, I'm not a raspy guy, but there's, there's a certain thing when it comes to being so quiet that you can't hear where you're at in the RPMs. Okay, tough to figure so out. So when you get up to speed and you get a lot of wind noise through your helmet, especially like a 6D where it's a louder helmet, yep. I'm hearing more wind than I am engine. So sometimes it's, it makes me sound like a, a novice or something. I don't know where I'm at in the revs and I don't know, should I shift? Should I, where am I at? Okay. So you need a little bit more pitch to your sound. Right. I'm not exactly hearing the motor, but off the bottom initially, really soft. It, so it's good for the trail bike guy. And real, too smooth. Very smooth. I wouldn't even say too smooth. Really, really smooth for for the trail guy. Okay. Uh, a little bit lean. I did have it stall on me a few times. If you're not covering the clutch, even leaving a leaving a stop. So yeah, explain to us where that was felt. So give us an example of where you felt the lean feeling. If you're first gear chugging along a little bit and you aren't covering the clutch okay. and dragging it a little bit, it will cough and die. I had that happen a few times. Also. We had this little kind of rock pop over thing for photos, 
and I would land not covering the clutch and kind of load the engine a little bit and it would cough and die. Okay. So that did happen a few times. I'm still going to be a stickler on the clutch switch, just like hand guards. Okay. I, I will never stop this. Explain to him what that is. The Honda clutch switch, you need to have the clutch pulled in to start the bike. Not a big deal. I, I don't mind that at all. But most people ride with one or two fingers on the clutch. You stall the bike. You can't pull the clutch in with one or two fingers and fire it again. You have to take all four fingers off the bar, pull the lever all the way to the bar to get it to fire. Just gets annoying after a while, especially you stall it on some single track on a hill. You don't really want to pull all your fingers off the bar to restart it. See, I really don't give a shit about yeah, that. Yeah, you don't give a shit, but you're I, not I off, feel you're like not that's not a huge thing. It's, you're not I, off, I, well, yeah, I'm For not, me, it's huge. So let's it's say you're me. stuck on the side of a hill. That's what you're talking about. Right. And you got to like... So you would rather start the bike... I would rather just pull my one or two fingers that are already on the clutch. Right, and cover it so it doesn't go out. Right, okay. and fire it and go. Instead of pulling all my fingers off the bar, pulling the whole clutch in, and then you can't. going again. So you... My fingers are too thick. Oh. So when you pull the clutch in, it so switches... So you're saying my... that gap between your fingers and the lever, that it still won't fire. Right, you have to pull the lever in too far. That's my complaint. It. If it was just like even a quarter of an inch farther out it'd right. be fine and fire but okay. my maybe I have fat fingers so the Honda delivery is smooth so how's the mid to top end feel I explained it like a diesel the off the bottom is real smooth but like a diesel the turbo spools up and then it really starts to pull into the mid it's the same way it's deceivingly powerful okay it's quiet and then coming into the mid it really starts to to have pulling power but I almost feel like once that pulling power comes up and you really start going it's time to shift Okay. Power kind of falls off up top. And I don't know if that's a mapping thing. It could be mapping. No. Uh, I know the head pipe and the muffler are different than the L. Okay. The head pipe is, I want to say, three millimeters bigger in diameter. And I do believe it's also longer than the L. And the muffler does not have the catalytic converter like the L has in it. Okay. But still very quiet. Um, so basically what you're saying, this is more of a short shifting motor. Definitely likes to be short shifted. Rotor gear high. And uh, that's where the that's where the power is really made. How about connection to the rear wheel? You say it's smooth, so I, I figure. Here's my take. I'm not an engineer. I didn't help develop this bike, but as an off-road trail bike, you, I don't want a very hard hitting machine, right? Because I want connection, right? It it drives forward like the kind of like a diesel. It has massive traction and drives forward with a lot of torque. It's not there's no wheel spin. The the crank mass is just 12 percent more crank mass than the R or the okay. RX. And you can really feel that like a flywheel weight where you feel like the meat of the power getting put to the ground. Right. So for those of you guys out there, so when, for example, as a testing standpoint, when I do flywheel tests, when uh, I do these tests, they add weight to the flywheel. I'm not getting more snap or RPM response. What I'm getting is like what Mike is saying is a tractor-like feel. So you have maybe a slower building power, but also with that slower building power, you get more meat. You're not gonna, the wheel's not gonna just break loose and, and right. go. So same thing with the crank mass. You right, know, it get, doesn't have that, let's say you wanna go into a corner and pop the clutch and go real quick. It doesn't have that type of snap to it. Right, it's, it's not it, RPM response. Right, it's not RPM response, it, the power builds more right. with RPM. And so, so if you're looking, I wanna go hop this thing, it's not probably not the best bike to try that. Right, way. exactly, you need a little more clutch work if you're gonna do that. Speaking of clutch, Honda has been known with the R, mm -hmm. not a very good clutch. How, how is the pull on, on this X and how is the clutch when you're abusing it? The leverage ratio uh, on the X is different than the R and the RX from what I was told. The lever pull is a lot softer. I felt the R that you have and to me the lever pull is easier. I never really had it fade on me ever. Uh, the 
the engagement is real close to the bar. So like I said, with my fingers pulled in, as soon as you just start to let the clutch out, you already have connection to the rear wheel. It's not like it's out at the very end of the throw. Okay. It's, it's, I guess you would say linear or progressive as the clutch goes out. There's a lot of engagement. Right. Um, what about noises? Um, I, I had, know some of those times you're saying you're going fast, you hear things. So I know we talked a little bit the other day and you thought something was detonating, but it turned out to be what? Uh, it turned out there's a clip on the left radiator shroud. The The fuel tank on this bike, like the other Hondas, is titanium. Okay. There's a metal tab on the tank, on the shroud, that vibrates on the tank under acceleration and deceleration, at least on the bike that I was on. And I kept asking Johnny Campbell, I said, I'm, I'm hearing detonation. Right. But I'm hearing it on decel as well, so it kind of puzzled me. Usually detonation is under, under acceleration, load, right. under load. So he kept kind of going, no, I don't really. So I gave him the bike, and he rode it, and then he said... You know what? I do remember when we were testing, I did come across this noise. Try to put your knee on the shroud and see if it goes away. So after putting my hand or my knee on it, the noise totally went away. So it was just a, a vibration of a clip that's on the shroud. And it, and it wasn't at any certain speed? It was just more... Just when the it was accelerating or decelerating. That was the only time I heard it. And it sounded exactly so like that. If you're a customer and that happens, how do you fix that? What would you do? I would find the clip, and I would, I, maybe this sounds ghetto, put some electrical tape on it, just something to give it a cushion between the tank. Right. Um, so engine noise, no detonation, just so if you guys are hearing that and you purchase this, it's that little clip. Of course, like we always say in these podcasts, you can go to uh, chris at keyforinktesting.com, or even Michael has this email, same thing, michael at keyforinktesting.com. And we'll get back to you. This is what we do here. Right. Personal attention. We're usually, for me, it's within a day. Easy. Okay. Usually yeah. within a few hours. I, well, I'm not promising that. So yeah. That's, that's a, it's a big claim. Uh, a you bit. have a lot more people emailing you than it's I do. It's a big do. claim. Yeah. I don't know. Sometimes I get back to you within two hours, but sometimes it might be two weeks. So right. I'm going to just chill down a little bit. So let's move on to the suspension side of things. Uh, um, I think they did a really good job. It's, it's a trail bike. That's okay. how Honda's marketing it. It's green stickered. It's a trail bike. That being said... It, it can be ridden at an aggressive pace. I mean, I'm not saying go race a hare and hound, but it's not super wallowy and soft like some trail bikes I've ridden. Like the some stock orange bikes, let's compare this. Are okay. very soft, right? Okay. And springy feeling. You just went. Uh, well, maybe you didn't just do that. So, but you had last year. You rode the FX a lot. Correct. How was the FX Yamaha suspension compared to this? I think the FX was comparable. Okay. To, to this in terms of being a good trail bike right. and being kind of supple in little rocks and trail hack, but also having decent bottom resistance and being able to be ridden fast at a, at a high pace. Um, Let me put you on the spot here, so, and we didn't discuss this before the pod, but is it the same fork that's on the R, 49mm Showa? Yes, same fork that's on the R, RX, L. They're all the same fork except for the X and the L have different fork lugs at the bottom okay. where the axle is pushed out forward more. Right. You would be you would be more knowledgeable on why they did that. Right. Probably to get a little bit more wheelbase out of the bike. Yeah. And uh, maybe more stability. Yeah, fork lugs too also they probably can change rigidity on okay. it too. So maybe they um I, I do not know the fork lug lug thickness or the offset or anything. Do we know the offset on this bike? Do I you? don't know the offset. I just know that it's different than the yeah, so I'll have to research that a little bit more, and I'll and if you guys are wondering that, hit me up on the email, and I'll get you guys that answer. But I would assume you're going to have more rake and trail with they, this. They do have a different uh, top triple clamp, from what I was told as well, right? Than the other bikes. So rigidity. So this is something I'm going to look into as well, guys. So some of these parts, 
that are on the X. And if we're using the same fork, and just like we talked about with the R, the R has rigidity problems, like a little bit stiff. I might try some of these X parts if the clamp is different and the fork lugs are different or whatever. I might want to try some of that to get some of the rigidity out of the R. To get, yeah, some Do of you the... feel rigidity at all with the X? When I don't. You straight line. I don't. That's... So no deflection? No. Uh, no the... harshness in the frame feel? No, not at all. It, I've ridden the RX uh, last year's. I have not ridden this year's. And I know the exact feeling that you're talking about. RX feels a little rigid too. RX feels rigid and has like a spiky feeling and, and it... The front end doesn't stay planted. Like you said, sometimes it wants to hunt and peck, right. especially in rocks, yeah. real bad. Um, the the X is very stable in rock gardens. When it's like even a bunch of little little rocks that aren't planted, just loose, if you lean back a little bit, it just drives straight and forward and does not get bounced off off your line. So no, no deflection. No deflection. So let's discuss that. So some of that could be weight. Okay. And you the, said the weight is what? The weight... Of, 270 275 because the L is 289 I believe and that is a dry weight or is that, that is a wet weight that's a wet weight right. so full of fuel full of fuel, fuel oil, oil everything so 275 right the Honda R is a 249 so that is about standard for off-road machines you're looking for 20 to 25 pounds extra with any of these other off-road machines that are out there and for people out there that freak out about weight okay with weight Comes comes stability. stability. Yep. So you have a trail bike. You have this kind of bike. Do not worry about weight. Okay. This isn't motocross where you're freaking about, you know, freaking about and going, holy shit, I need to drop some weight, dude. The bike has been designed with that weight. It does certain things good because it has that weight. Worry about how it feels, not what the scale says. Right. And you know, I'm a big guy on feeling, fake science. Feeling. We don't worry about what the paper says, okay? Ride the thing first, figure it out. And I'm sure Honda has ride demo days and they do the right. things. Right. Fuel tank is bigger on this bike. Okay. It's uh, 2.01 gallons. So just over two gallons. Um, the fuel light for me turned on at 50 miles. How many miles did you guys do? Uh, the whole day was 70. Okay. So fuel light turned on at 50, right around there, 51, 52, we went and got lunch and refueled. So did they say how long this thing could go for? I've been told it'll do 70. It would have maybe done the ride. I don't know how far it will go on the fuel light, but the X comes finally, finally, finally. Honda got rid of their analog cable-driven trip oh, meter. Oh, yeah, right. Finally, it's gone. Okay. They use that since... I swear they used that in the 80s. I had an XR500 from the 80s. Same one. I had an XR2. I literally thing. bolted it on my wife's CRF. Same one. Really? Uh, yeah. So they finally have a digital readout. It gives you trip, it gives you total miles on the bike, it gives you speed, and it what it also does, it gives you how much fuel you have used. So not just a fuel level in the tank, Okay. it meters what has gone through the injector. So it knows when the bike was full, and it knows, it probably also knows how much is in the tank, Right. but it is metering how much you have used. So if you're riding at more of aggressive pace, less, it knows basically when you're going to run out. So it'll, it'll kind of give you, you that... It'll tell you. I even talked to Johnny Campbell and, and mentioned to him, that may be kind of a cool thing for a Baja bike right. because you can pit strategy. You know, when the bike comes in, you know how much fuel the bike has exactly used right. instead of just guesstimating. So it does the math for it you. It does the math for you. How much throttle opening you're using. Right. And so that's kind of cool. That, yeah, that's, that's, really a, cool. that's a cool feature of the bike. It has larger radiators than okay. the X and the RX. I'm sorry, not than the R and the RX. Uh, it does not come with a fan. I kind of think it should come with a fan. The L has a fan on it. 
but the mounting bracket and holes and uh, plug are still there on the X, so you so could you buy a fan yeah. and you could put it on. And Honda does offer that as an accessory. I do believe they offer accessory, or you could even just buy one for an L and put it on. Same thing. Right. Uh, I did have it boil over on me once, but it was me kind of messing around in this little play area with not a lot of, you know, airflow past the radiators, kind of revving around and messing around with not a lot of airflow. So once you stopped it, once I stopped, it kind of boiled over for a second. That's all I heard. Um, we discussed cornering. Let's talk about chassis a little bit. You said straight line stability is good. No harshness, but how does this thing corner? You know, it's a big, it's a big toad. It's unpredictable for me. And, And you and I had talked a little bit yesterday when I was done with it, it may be the fork, the, the, the plushness or the softness of the fork, spring rate, valving, what it, whatever it may be. I, it was unpredictable, okay. especially in sand. Okay, give us an example of that. I go into a sand corner like I would on the FX, like I was, like I had last year. Right. And I want to carve into it and pop the clutch. Well, sometimes it's pushing. Okay. Sometimes it's knifing. It's depending where I am on the seat, obviously. Yeah. If I'm sitting too far back, it's going to push. If I'm right. way too far forward, it's going to knife. Sounds like Ryder. Probably is Ryder. <laughs> But the corners that I would normally be able to pivot, it was not pivoting in a confident way. This bike, I found it corners a lot better standing up. Weighting the pegs, it it corners really well. But trying to sit down and point and shoot, it doesn't So here's the deal with this, guys. Think about this for a second. What Michael said, so the, the X handles better or corners better when standing up. You're not loading the front and back as harsh or as much when you're sitting. When you go to transition to sit into a corner, that weight is moving everything forward, which in turn means you have to have better hold up in the fork. If the fork is set up with damping softer and meant for a straight line and get comfort, it's tough to get aggressive in the front and then without that thing knifing. It's gonna dive a little bit and then that's gonna cause you to knife. Okay, now you're standing up going to the corner. Your, your body weight is more neutral on the on the motorcycle. It's so all being pushed into the pegs. It's being forced down more on the shock and a, a little bit on the front, but you're spreading your weight, so to speak, evenly across the machine. So that's probably why it does that. Um, so for those of you guys back east listening to this kind of shit and you say, hey man, I have tighter trails. I like to ride single track up in Colorado. Maybe a little bit stiffer of a fork setting will help you in some of that stuff. Um, I see no reason for you guys to go out, I'm gonna go revalve it. Drop, simply dropping a one stiffer spring rate in this fork would help you with that feeling. For me, if I was gonna ride tight trails, I've, I I haven't ridden the X, but I've ridden versions of like, of this bike. Um, I would want a little bit stiffer of a fork feeling just for hold up when I got aggressive with it. I don't want to go 100 mile an hour across the desert valley floor, you know? Because you're old now. Exactly. Okay. I'm, I'm old and I don't want to go fast. I want a tighter, more fun type of trail. I do wish front and rear had a little more hold up when you get into G outs. And like I said, you can ride it at a fast pace. But when you get into... Did you bottom out ever? I did. I bottomed out. The, the rear kind of sunk a little farther into the stroke than I would have liked on Did on they G-outs. set the sag for you? They did set the sag. What was the sag right I do believe they set it at 107. Okay. Hey, what's up? Technology. That's what I'm talking about here. It's a great thing. I love it. But I also can pull my hair out with it as well. However, there is a company that you probably have seen on the Rockstar Husqvarna race team, Dean Wilson, Jason Anderson, called Skosh. 
It's spelled S-C-O-S-C-H-E. You can go to skosh.com and check out all the products. They have really, really cool stuff. They have headphones. They have boom bottles. They have phone chargers for your Droid, your iPhone. They have magic mounts. They have wireless chargers. They have huge cables that will reach all the way across your house if you need a charger and you don't have an outlet close like my house. I don't have that many outlets. They just have a bunch of cool products to make your life easier when you're out in the garage, when you're in your car, when you're at your house. Just, I'm really, really pumped to have these guys on board because they sent me some stuff. I use it all the time. My favorite thing is the Boom Buoy. It's a speaker that floats on the water. I can hang out in the pool in the backyard, listen to my music. I'm a big music guy. So they just make really cool stuff that makes my life easier. So... Founded in 1980, Skosh Industries is a Ventura-based, Southern California, of course, award-winning innovator of consumer technology, power sports, and car audio products. Don't forget, car audio. You're traveling, you're sitting in traffic, you guys need to check them out, skosh.com. Committed to delivering the superior products that we all want, quality and functionality, exceptional value, and unmatched customer service. The designers and engineers at Skosh develop products that reflect a rich heritage in audio and mobile technology. Skosh finds inspiration in the California lifestyle, culture, music, and people. These influences can be seen in accessories and products that are now in the hands of homes, offices, vehicles, and people all over the world. 50 countries, okay? Hundreds of patents, trademarks, and countless industry awards received. It's easy to see why Skosh is constantly at the forefront of technology. These guys are cool. They're huge motorcycle enthusiasts. They even gave us a product code, SCOKT25. That's SCOKT25. Use that code when you go to Skosh.com. Get 25% off. Seriously, guys, go check them out. You won't ever get it. If you want to hit me up, Chris at KeyForInkTesting.com. I'll let you know more. But very cool guys over there. Thanks, Skosh. Skosh.com. You looking for some good oil out there? I know you are because I get a lot of questions to my email inbox about oil. Heck, I'm at the track. People stop me and ask about oil. On the Pulp MX show, lots of callers. What oil should I run? So I'm going to let you on a little secret. I've been testing an oil that's called Moto Blood. Bloodlubricants.com. Go check them out over there at bloodlubricants.com. Go view everything they have. There's all different kinds of oils. You got an ATV, you got a street bike, you got a UTV, or you got a YZ450F in your garage. Blood Lubricants has an oil for you. Okay? Jefferson Green, he's been in the oil industry for a long time, since 1983. But he's been a motorcycle enthusiast for longer than that. So he wanted to create an oil that was good. That lasted a long time and didn't break down and even cooled your engines down a little bit more than you're used to. Because, heck, I'm going to tell you something straight up. was testing this stuff a couple months. Did a lot of temperature readings. Engine temps were always anywhere from 25 to 30 degrees cooler with the Moto Blood 1040. And you want to even know something that's crazier? It's 100% fully synthetic oil. You guys know me. Synthetic wasn't my choice when it comes to some bikes, right? I ran it in the Yamaha and I ran it in the Honda. Wasn't too stoked on synthetic oils. Well, went and tried this. No slippage, no drag, 
100% synthetic. It 100% works. So, hey, go check them out, bloodlubricants.com. Mention Kiefer in your order. Please order. And get 25% off. It's that easy. And if you guys have any questions about this oil, hit me up over at chris at kieferinktesting.com. I can discuss more what it does for you, what it does for your bike. But, hey, it's in my test bikes right now. I've had zero failures. It's really reliable oil. It's very good, 100% synthetic. Go check them out, bloodlubricants.com. One of my first sponsors ever was FMF Racing. I wrote resumes. That's right, handwriting for you young bucks out there. Handwritten resumes and mailed them out, licked the stamps, sent them off their way onto every company that had an address in these magazines that I looked at when I was younger. I was a 125 novice, 14 years old, sent my resume off, and I literally camped out by the mailbox every night hoping to get something back that says, we've accepted your sponsorship, now you're a writer. And you know what? One day, guess what showed up? A letter from FMF Racing. And you know what it said inside of it? Congratulations, Chris. You just got 60% off. Can you imagine that? 125 novice, 60% off. Dude, I thought I made it. I thought I was in. I couldn't wait to tell my dad that he was going to save money and we're going to buy like 87 silencers and pipes now because we save him so much money. <laughs> Nonetheless, those guys were on board with me a long time ago when I was very young and now they're back on board with this podcast. I think it's very cool and thank you, Little D. And you guys know I don't want any advertiser on here unless I back their products and I back FMF Racing and the quality that it comes with. For 45 years, they've approached everything they do at FMF as riders first. That's why it means the world to them to be on top of every major reader survey. Okay, They want to make exhaust systems that you want. They want to make exhaust systems they want. So it makes sense. It's They're stoked when they hear guys say, Hey man, I love your product. Trust me. I've been around Little D long enough. He loves that stuff. There's nothing more joyful in a guy's business to know that their products work. Same thing goes for my podcast, guys. So founder Don Emler is hands-on today as he was in the beginning. He's out there grinding, welding. Quality is his first concern. He builds everything from the ground up in the USA where he can oversee and control manufacturing. At FMF, they approach everything with the same mentality. Whether you're playing on the trails or backing the fastest names in racing, they set out to be number one. Thanks to all of you, fellow riders, we're leading the pack. They are leading the pack because of you guys out there buying the product. So as you guys know, you guys go back into my podcast. I talk about FMF, great products. Head over to fmfracing.com. Get yourself set up. Go look and see what they offer because they offer a lot. If you have any questions, hit me up. Chris at KeeferInkTesting.com, and I'll answer them for you. Thanks, FMF. Thanks to the guys over at 6D Helmets. That's right. They are on board with the KeeferInkTesting.com, Kiefer Tested Podcast. We thank them for joining us. You have a street bike, a dirt bike, or do you pedal? You have a mountain bike. Head over to 6DHelmets.com. Check out the full line of helmets they offer. I'm sure they have a helmet for you. Hey, I get questions all the time. Kiefer, what helmet would you choose if you could pick one to buy? If you're going to spend your own money, Kiefer, where are you going? While there are a lot of helmets that are safe out there, okay, 
I do feel the safest in a 60 helmet. I've had many crashes in my ATR1. I've had a couple in my ATR2, and it has done its job. It's advanced ODS technology. It's race proven. I'm telling you guys, and it's light. The new ATR2, it comes in at 1,480 grams. It's fully rebuildable. Very cool colorways. I trust the guys over at 60 Helmets. Maybe you guys should too. Hit me up over at chris at keyforinktesting.com. Maybe get a special discount code if you want to get a 6D. So please, guys, go check them out. 60 Helmets. Hit me up. Tell me how you like yours. And if you don't have one, maybe go get one. Thanks, 60. Have you been to ruttedracing.com yet? If the answer is no, go there right now. Ruttedracing.com. They have shirts, hats, hoodies, cute stuff for your chick, for your lady, for your wife. Man, it's cute. I put Heather in some of this stuff before bedtime, and, well, that's all I'm going to say about that. But nonetheless, go check them out, ruttedracing.com. They have a bunch of cool stuff. And not only do they have cool streetwear, but Clint is designing some gear. That's right. If you're a taller dude, 6'2", maybe over, he's going to have the set of gear that you want to be in. Longer arms, a little longer length. Materials are going to be awesome. I saw some of this gear, and man, it's going to kind of change the game for you taller dudes out there. So it's not out yet, so pump the brakes. But before we get all hyped up on this stuff, go to ruttedracing.com, buy some stuff. They support us. They support the Bear, Tyler Bowers, and Henry Miller. So hey, go check them out, won't you? Ruttedracing.com. Screen printing done dot com. I hate it when they put sirens in commercials. They've done studies, you know. 60% of the time, it works every time. I wish I had that shirt. Would cover my boy boobs nicely. Screenprintingdone.com We make kick-ass t-shirts. Made with bits of real panther. We get it done. So you know it's good. Screenprintingdone.com Screenprintingdone.com The rear went a little too deep into the stroke on, on big G outs and kind of loaded it and then would spring back out a little bit. I did not make any adjustments. I probably should have. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Good test ride, Mike. I Good know, test thanks. ride. Mm-hmm. Thanks. <laughs> uh, the, the front end was really good all day. The only time I felt it bottom was on slap down landings. Like I said, we were messing around with photos and doing some drop offs and, and rock jumps. And when it did bottom, it, was, it had an audible, like metal to metal sound. And I could feel it in my wrist. And it right. was, it was. But bad. if you look at some of these pictures that we'll post up on the website, what Mike's doing, he's like jumping up cliffs, you right? Know, things that I would say ninety percent of the consumer base isn't doing. Right. Overall, the suspension I think is it has a really good setting. Right. For a wide variety of riders and terrain. Let's talk about cockpit, rider triangle, ergonomics. Ergonomics. It it sounds dumb. What kind of bars on that thing? Fat uh, bar life. No, seven eight bars. Seven eight life. I nine not, seven one. I don't know the bend. Probably because that's Honda life. Uh, so nine seven one is a Carmichael bend, which Honda used last year for just like Mike everything. said, a lot of years was a nine seven one bend. So if it's a seven eight, I can almost guarantee you it's a nine seven one bend. So anyway, sorry, go on. Um, it feels like a Honda. It sounds ridiculous, but anybody who's ridden a lot of Hondas knows that when you sit in the cockpit, the levers, the feel of the levers, kind of a fatter feel than a Cowie or a Suzuki. It feels sounds dumb as well, like home. 
Like I, yeah. I feel like I've always I've ridden a lot of Hondas and I you like feel the feel like ergonomically. Ergonomically, the best. it's it's very comfortable. Yeah. Uh, I did feel like when we were riding up hills, I was struggling a bit to keep my weight forward. I don't know if that's because maybe the maybe where the pegs were a little bit far forward, and I was having to really transfer my weight right. to stay up and pull myself forward with my arms. Yeah. Um, I don't know what that would have been. That could have been me too, not riding desert. In a that long sounds time. like you something like acceleration up. You got to kind of force yourself to ride up near right. the front. You know, you don't want a wheelie. Uh, one thing the bike doesn't have that it had for a long time is the quick access air filter. Okay. You have to take the seat off to get to the air filter. It's not like the old X where you could go through that little access door with the Zeus button. Yep. Uh, it uh, just... What about... Uh, does it have a backfire screen, obviously? Did you check the screen out? I did not check the screen out, but I assume with that muffler as quiet as it, quiet as it is, it's obviously legal for everything. Yeah, so most likely it's going to have a backfire screen. They have a backfire screen in R, so I don't see why they would change that right. for an RX or an X, you mm -hmm. know? So uh, that will... For those of you guys asking, too, about that... I do cut my backfire screen out. Actually, I don't cut it. There's tabs that go around the plastic cage, okay? So you bend those tabs back, that screen pops out, and that screen is heavy. Honda has a beefy-ass screen in there. Um, they always again, have. We're not the, old, talk the old X's had the same yeah, thing. Yeah, I'm not talking about weight, but that will draw some more air in. I feel like that might help a little bit with RPM response, running a good filter, twin air, of course, something like that um, um, is good. And get to stuff like that gearing. Mm -hmm. The gearing I feel like could go up two teeth on the rear first gear when you're really trying to chug low. Get, what to get the lowdown? What the gearing is? Thirteen fifty one. Okay. So I may go up, maybe go one, maybe two in the rear. Fifty two. Maybe. Really. First gear to me when you're really really low speed stuff. You got like I said before because it's so lean. You got to cover the clutch. You want some pop. You want some a little bit more pop out of it, uh, and you're not going to lose much on top speed. Uh, one of the cooler things about the intro was riding with Johnny. We got to pretty much the end of the day, and I look over at him. We're on a road, and we're going down the road, and he kind of looks at me, and I hear him downshift. So we just take off, and it's like you knew we like, were we were fully in a drag race. We were fully tucked. I don't know the story, but I feel like you're drag racing. We right were now. drag racing, oh, fully tucked. And it just kept bouncing between 93 and 94 miles an hour. And that was it. That's all it was going to do. Jimmy Lewis had it up to 99. I saw a video. Well, Jim, that's Jimmy Lewis. Jimmy Lewis, everybody. Better rider than Michael Allen. Better. Well, <laughs> of course. Hello. That's Jimmy Lewis. Uh, so you're not going to lose. If you go up a couple teeth on the rear, you're not going to lose. No one's doing 94. You're, you're not going to do 94? Just once with Johnny. Okay. Uh, that's pretty fucking fast. With shifting. I did find false neutral okay. once between second, third, mm -hmm. and three to four times between fourth, fifth. Fourth and fifth. Fourth and fifth. That's rare. Only when I was, I, I think I was just lazy shifting. You know, you're not really fully positively shifting with your toe. Being lazy. Being lazy. Yeah. And felt it a couple times. It's. I don't think it's something that's. What about spacing? A huge issue. Spacing to me, I I thought it was fine. Okay. Um, like I said, ride a gear high everywhere because of the way of where the power's made. Yeah. But uh, overall, the gear spacing was fine for me. So you did find false news. So you just got to make sure more positive, positive, and that may be something that that wears in and isn't such an issue the more the bike's ridden, right? As well. Um, so the question is, you went and did this the intro. Mm -hmm. Would you purchase this bike for yourself? Like if you were riding trails, riding desert. Would if you? I'm trail guy, desert would guy, absolutely. I don't, because of the way it turns, 
tight, tight riding, I don't know that it would be the best. But like you said, spring rate could fix that. Yep. A lot of things could fix that. Right. Uh, with a few things, spring rate, exhaust, ignition, stuff like that, this bike totally rip. So would you rather ride this than the RX? For me, yes. The RX to me is too motocrossy. Okay. I don't really like the RX that much. You said like the chassis feel. It's more moto more It's more moto more, more precision. More precision. This bike gives you a little more room for error. Uh, and like I said, with, with ignition, with stuff like that, this bike would rip. So you want to race this bike next year, correct? I do. I, I talked to Jason at Honda, and I got bit by the bug maybe a little bit again and maybe yep. want to race a Heron Hound there you go. or two. And uh, I think this would be a cool bike to do a test on and, and race. Because there you go. Honda. Hey, here's a thought. How about you let us have a bike for more than uh, two weeks? Because uh, I got the R. Where'd you get your R? Actually, I had to purchase that, Mike, because uh, Honda didn't give me a long-term uh, unit. So, for those of you guys listening out here in the podcast world, you can thank me later. I went out and purchased an R for you guys to give you settings. Honda, for some weird reason, said, nah, we need that back. Uh, so, let's hope Honda sees the benefit in Kiefer Inc. testing to give us a couple long-term units to really dissect some things and give the consumer what they want. Where'd you go to get such a good deal on that Honda? How far'd you go? Yeah. You want to know how, how far? Montana. Montana. Montucky, everybody. 8500 bucks up in Montana. Good deal. But hey, Honda, if you're listening to this, hey, we do good work over here at Kiefer Ring Test. We're just not some backyard bullshit, okay? We dissect things. We know what's up a little bit. Give us a chance. Put us in, coach. Put us in. I don't want to be on the bench anymore. Yeah, so let's hopefully they give us a bike. We want to... It'd be a fun bike, I think. A lot of people are interested in this bike. Right. Um, it's you know obviously changed a shit ton, and as as like you said, Honda they're very good in durability, reliability. They're they're really conservative. I could tell with the bike, there's a lot more there. Yeah. But they're conservative, so there's a lot more to be uncovered with that bike. Yeah. With some aftermarket parts, especially if the chassis is more forgiving. I mean, that's been Honda's mo in the motocross world, man. There's probably not a better engine in the 450 motocross world than a Honda CRF 450R. But what holds that bike back, and you guys have listened to the shootout, read other shootouts, chassis feeling is stiff. So I want to go fast at times, and this X is what this is built for, to go fast. So You know, another thing I was just that popped into my head, the engine hangers are different on the X yeah, and the R and RX. Yep. So maybe that's something you could try on the R. Yep. Is... I've, done, I've done a lot of engine hangers, but... For just to let you know, so right. they're spitballing this whole thing. Um, hangers are just a band aid. Hangers are de developed for the frame for that particular bike. When we get these hangers, we try these hangers. It's a band aid for the the real problem, which is the, the chassis. chassis. So when I try different hangers, I'm trying to gain a little bit more comfort, which you are able to do. But that's just the band aid for the whole issue, which is to me in the R. And this is not an R podcast, which will be up next week. Living with the CRF 450R podcast, it's a band-aid. You can fix a little bit, but you're not going to get all of the benefit of having a better frame. So, so the X do something that you're going to ride. You love that thing. I liked it. Let, I think. Let, let's put another thing on the spot here. Okay. This is what we do here. All right. I have a YZ450FX. I have a KTM XCF 450. You can't put this bike in that category because it's more, it's more RX. This, you, there's only two bikes in this category that are green sticker legal. That is the Yamaha WR450 oh, yeah, and the Honda 450X. 
So what, what would you rather ride, WR? I haven't ridden the WR in a few years. I feel like the last one that I rode was softer and more tame than this bike. Uh, Sounds like a little pee hole. No. It, yeah. I think the Yamaha's even quieter almost. Sounds so, like, what is that? Uh, the Jetsons. Oh, the, the Jetsons car. Yep. That's like, that's, does it sound like Jetsons? Very much like the Jetsons car. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I think those bike, the, both those bikes are good, but they're the only ones in the category. Nobody else has a green sticker bike. Okay. Well, there you go. That's kind of like the brief first impression of the Sierra F450X. If you're in California, you want to ride all year round on all the trails, it's kind of one of your only options. Right. So, it did, but did California do away with the red sticker program? I don't know the status of the red sticker program. I think they did away with that. So. But I you're an off road guy. What the fudge is wrong with you, man? supposed to get in this close course off you any coalitions or anything close saving course. trails no Denison would roll over and be pissed off at us because we haven't been doing that kind of shit I miss Denison Denison we're sorry man I've been busy come home Denison yeah come home Denison we want you to go to intro with us Chris Denison everybody dirt riders probably best editor ever I'm gonna claim it right now I don't think he's as fast as Jimmy Lewis dude Chris is a good rider though dude Denison he- Denison could ride everything good Denison finished Romaniacs. Right. He's done a lot of crazy shit. He's a good rider. I don't know, dude. Honestly, I don't know. If it's Rally, Jimmy. Yeah. But I'm telling you, Enduro Cross, Hard Enduro, dude, Chris will be there. I mean, not now, Chris. Chris hasn't ridden. Yeah, Chris. Yeah. Damn. Anyway, thank you, Honda, for a great time. I wasn't there, but Michael seemed to have a great time. I had a great time. Everyone there at Honda was super, super helpful. I was really grateful to be there. Thank you for inviting us. Hey, congratulations on making a, a new X, too. That's very yeah. cool. And we didn't really talk about this, but Honda has a, a lot of brand new machines for 2019. A lot of them. And and one of the, the thing Johnny told me was the only way he was willing to be part of this program was that they could make the X better at least a little bit in every department. Right. He didn't want to sacrifice any department to make another one better. And he's and putting I think, his name on it, right? And he's putting his name on it. I right. think overall it's better this year. They, well, Johnny doesn't race Baja anymore, but the uh, Mark Samuels SLR team does. They will not be racing this bike. I think just it's too new. And November's Baja. November, right? so it's only a month away. It's too right. new. They don't even have bikes out yet. Right. But I do believe next year they're getting bikes. They're going to start racing them, and it's a new generation. Yeah, so check it out, keyferingtesting.com. Monday, 9 o'clock. It's probably, if you're listening to this, the article's up. And Michael? I wrote it. I got to go back through it tonight. This is uh, Saturday. Yep. But all the meat of the info, if you guys rather prefer to read your stuff and see it, it'll be up there 9 a.m. And then, hey, yeah, look, uh, maybe in a couple months we're going to do maybe a living with with this thing. Hopefully, if we can get one. Yeah, Honda, kick us down. Be, be gentle. Be cool, you know. Um, I don't know what's going on over there about that, but, hey, we promise we'll do a lot of, you know, content. Truthful content, of Truthful course. content. Don't be scared. We're, if it's good, it's good. If it's shit, it's shit. It's true. That's how we roll. It's true. So that's why, for some reason, uh, no one at Beta is calling me. Uh, no one at TM. I'm not touching that. So just FYI, people ask me, hey, Kiefer, why don't you do Betas? Sure. Why not? Hit me up, Tim Pilge. You know why not? Honesty is why not. Well, it is what it is. Uh-huh. Give me a good unit, and I'll say it's good. If it's no good, I will let you know that as well. So, sorry. It's true. That's what people want to know, right? Yep. You're not. There's. There's no way that if myself. You want to read fluff? Go to some other magazine. I've, I've bought bikes. There's no way that myself or Chris would ever tell a consumer go buy a bike and it not be good. I will never have anything up on my website and say, yeah, sure, go buy that, 
and then you're going to buy it, and it's going to be complete shit. Right. There's no way. Because we both bought bikes, and you bought a bike recently, a Honda. I buy bikes all the time. Right. So, yeah, I bought a Honda. <laughs> Honda. Gosh, dang, dude. I have no other problems with getting a bike on manufacturers. Come on, Honda. Anyway, we talk, any other shit we want to talk before Thanks, we Honda, for having us out. It was a yeah. good time. <laughs> Real good time. No, seriously, though. I know a lot of the Honda people, the engineers, they work their ass off on each bike. I wish some of you guys out there listening to this would see the process in which these motorcycles undertake. I mean, these, this bike's probably been in the process for two years. Longer. Longer. Yeah. Right. Um, right now, they're working on 2021 stuff. Right. So that's how far ahead they are. And the Japanese engineers care about the product a lot, and they work their ass off. I, honestly, seriously, I love America. I'm an American. But man, these Japanese guys, engineers, workers, they'd work us under the table, dude. They bust their ass. I met them at the L intro. Yeah. You you know the guys. Yeah, yeah. So nice. And and don't think that your feedback or our feedback doesn't go anywhere because when we got done with the the L intro, they wanted to sit down and talk to me and want to know yep. what my opinion was. What didn't I like? What did I like? What could be done better? They really do care about the bike and the consumer and what we think. Yeah, so so chances are if you guys get this bike and you're like, hey, I don't really like this, this, and this, they listen to that kind of shit. Right. You know, if it's if it's out there and if it's fixable and they can change it, right. they will. Right. Um, just like Mike said, shootouts mean a lot to people. Not only Honda does that, but when I go to a Yamaha intro, there's a sheet, like a survey that they give me, and I have to fill it out before I leave, and it says, hey, what do you like? What do you dislike? What would you change? That's the intros? Yeah. Do you think yeah. Do you think Ping fills those out? No, Ping just bails. He's like, you guys don't give a shit. I'm out. You ain't gonna. You guys don't look at these anyway. Anti shootout ping. <laughs> ping won't even go. Was he going to off road intro? I. Uh-uh. He would. Ping would go. He, he, yeah, he would go off road intro. He went to uh, uh, Costa Rica. Yeah, that was yeah. Wow. Ping, come to off road side. Come up to the Des, Ping. Let's break your cherry up here. He wouldn't even know what to do. You might hit a dishwasher going over a mountain. <laughs> that's that's the high does. I did that. So, so those you guys don't know, I used to ride every day after school and then go to my track, which I rode every day after school, right? Well, one day, I didn't take a parade lap. Jumped this little hip jump thing that I had on my track. Somebody did some construction. Fucking dishwasher sitting right there. Boom! Hello, dishwasher. Hello, Kiefer cartwheel. Hello. Almost bit my tongue off. I come home. Mom's like, what the fuck? Why are you bleeding so much? Oh, Mom. Hit a dishwasher. You got KO'd by a Kenmore. Dude, just laid the dishwasher out like... I was like, what is this even doing here? It wasn't here 14 hours ago. Yeah, Des life. Good stuff. It's a good time. So Anyway, yeah, thank you guys for listening. Uh, more off-road stuff to come, hopefully. Yeah, KTM stuff's coming. KTM we got, stuff. And uh, off-road shootout. We're going to have that. Are we having that? Don't know how we're going to do this. Figure it out. Or how we're going to lump these bikes in. But I feel like we need to... Maybe have an ultimate off-road shootout. Maybe mix the sizes up, you know? Sizes, uh, disciplines maybe, I don't know, cross-country. If you guys have off-road. any ideas, hit us up. We're, we're open to that, you know? Chances are you guys are smarter than me. There's a lot of people smarter than me. We want to know what you guys want to hear. Yeah. Right. Or read. Or read, yeah. We'll make Mike, yeah. We'll make Mike type a shootout. You never did that. You never typed a full Hello, shootout. Hello, 6,000 words. <laughs> Hello, one week long with just bullshit of writing. Go to work, weld, come home, type. Type, type mm. line. That's what I do. Ride. Oh, Kiefer, all you do is ride a dirt bike. Oh, boy. You don't know. <laughs> Kiefer comes home, type. Heather, pay attention to me. Sorry, I'm typing. So, 
So if you guys, if I'm a divorce, I'm there doing it for you guys. It's for, it's for you. All right. All right. See you guys. Hey, please listen to the commercials. I know they're long. Stop yelling at me. I need to get paid somehow. I don't take money on my website. I don't take that. But I will take advertising money on my podcast. But it's only people that I trust and use the products. I've already turned down a few guys out there that wanted to advertise. And I said, nope, because I don't believe in their products. So chances are, not chances are, actually, if they are on my podcast, I will use them. I have purchased the stuff. And... There's probably a discount code in there. So listen to the commercials. There's some fun shit. Doing a giveaway. Blood Lubricants is going to do another giveaway. So, you know what? Let's just do it right now. Give them a give them a trivia question, Mike. Any kind of trivia question. Yeah, let's do a Blood Lubricants giveaway. You get some oil, chain lube, cleaner. They're coming off all different kinds of stuff. We'll give you guys a care package. Name something that they, that they listen to on the podcast. They have to listen to. Is this... On this podcast. Or not this one, but just in general. Oh, this I'm out. Great radio, Yeah, bro. great radio, bro. I was going to give Honda trivia because it was an ex-podcast. Okay, give us to do a Honda trivia. Let's say it's someone with Racine or Baja or something like that. And you're, you're really How going. many? How Here many? We go. Here we go. Listen up. Here's the, tri- here's the trivia question. How many Heron Hound championships did the Honda 450X win? Over? Over. Ever. 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 You know, the, you know the answer to that? Yes. So you know. Yes. Ever? That's all? That's it. Really? Yeah. Oh, we just gave him a hint. All right, there it is, the question. So hit me or Michael up. First one to get it gets a blood lubricants care package, courtesy of the Kiefer Tested Podcast. Question again, Mike, before we get off. How many National Heron Hound Championships has the Honda CRF 450X won? The X. That's the key thing here, guys. An X. How many have they won? See you next week.